Hello, hello, dear friends and the Artist's Way family tribe. So nice to return here again and continue on this journey together with you. Welcome to week seven. The title of this week is Recovering a Sense of Connection. She suggests the ability to listen is a skill we're honing with both our morning pages and our artist dates. The pages train us to hear past our sensor. The artist dates help us to pick up the voice of inspiration. I wonder how intimate you guys have gotten through your morning pages and different tasks and practices with your creator, with your artist. Um, I can personally tell you it's been very powerful and amazing in my life in so many different aspects. And I think the thing about it that I love the most is, I guess that was my challenge personally. I wonder how many of you relate. But, uh, you know, the practice of removing the judgments on all so many different layers and on such subtle ways that it was present, even though I practiced meditation and yoga and mindfulness and healing, the levels and layers of those judgments that we have are deep and strong. So this week, um, it says, we turn this week to the practice of right attitudes for creativity. The emphasis is on your receptive as well as active skills. The essays, exercises, and tasks aim at excavating areas of genuine creative interest as you connect with your personal dreams. So she says art is not about thinking something up. It is about the opposite, getting something down. The directions are important. If we're trying to think something up, we're straining to reach for something that's just beyond our grasp, right? When we get something down, there is no strain. We're not doing, we are getting. Instead of reaching for inventions, we are engaged in listening. When a painter is painting, he or she may begin with a plan, but that plan is soon surrendered to the painting's own plan. This is often expressed as the brush takes the next stroke. In dance, in composition, in sculpture, the experience is the same. We are more the conduit than the creator of what we express. It is as though all the stories, painting, music, performances in the world live just under the surface of our normal consciousness. Have you noticed that? Do you have you realized? Like just under the surface, it's like tapping into that little little stream of messages of of intuition of creative juice. Like an underground river, they flow through us as a stream of ideas that we can tap down to. More like taking dictation than anything fancy having to do with art. Starhawk says, In the esoteric Judaism of the Kabbalah, the deep self is named the Neshama, from the root of Shm, to hear or listen is the meaning. The Neshama is she who listens, the soul who inspires or guides us. 
We can learn not only to listen, but also to hear with increasing accuracy that inspired, intuitive voice that says, do this, try this, say this. Just that little, those little nudges of like, and it's amazing. How many times have you noticed that you've done something in your life? Let's just talk about a decision that you made in little ways um, that you weren't even aware of, but you kind of just followed a little nudge and then it became something very important and transformative for you. And then you like you look back and you're like, wow, like you remember that moment, that little nudge that was just under the surface and you didn't take it too seriously at the time. You didn't think too much of it, but it turned out to be actually a very powerful decision. She says, when I teach screenwriting, I remind my students that their movie already exists in its entirety. Their job is to listen for it, watch it with their mind's eye, and write it down. This is the same may be said for all art, she says. With practice, we learn how to hear the desired frequency on request. We tune into the frequency we want. Like a parent, we learn to hear the voice of our current brainchild among the other children's voices. Once you accept that, that it is normal to create, you can begin to accept a second idea. Then the creator will hand you whatever you need for the project. The minute you're willing to accept the help of this collaborator, you will see useful bits of help everywhere in your life. Be alert. There is a second voice, a higher harmonic, adding to and argumenting your inner creative voice. This voice frequently shows itself in synchronicity. Learn to accept the possibility that the universe is helping you with what you are doing. Become willing to see the hand of God and accept it as a friend's offer to help with what you are doing. Because many of us unconsciously harbor the fearful belief that God would find our creations decadent or frivolous or worse. We tend to discount this creator to creator help. Try to remember that God is the great artist. Artists like artists. Expect the universe to support your dream. It will. Stella Terrell Mann says, listening is a form of accepting. Perfectionism. She says, perfectionism has nothing to do with getting it right. It has nothing to do with fixing things. It has nothing to do with standards. Perfectionism is a refusal to let yourself move ahead. It is a loop, an obsessive, debilitating, closed system that causes you to get stuck in the details of what you are writing or painting or making and to lose sight of the whole. Instead of creating freely and allowing errors to reveal themselves later as insights, we often get mired in getting the details right. We correct our originality into a uniformity that lacks passion and spontaneity. Do not fear mistakes, Miles Davis told us. There are none. The perfectionist fixes one line of a poem over and over until no lines are right. The perfectionist redraws the chin line on a portrait until the paper tears. Martin Ritt says, 
Cerebration, not celebration, but cerebration is the enemy of originality in art. We don't want to give in too much to that uh, rational side of our brain. To the perfectionist, there is always room for improvement. The perfectionist calls this humility. In reality, it is egotism. It is pride that makes us want to write a perfect script, paint a perfect painting, perform a perfect audition monologue. Perfectionism is not a quest for the best. It is pursuit of the worst in ourselves. The part that tells us that nothing we do will ever be good enough. That we should try again. No, we should not. So... It's a relationship, right? It's like that's what the connection is about. That's why it says um, recovering a sense of connection because the perfectionism is cutting that connection because the voice of the, the critical mind comes into play and it doesn't allow that flow to come through us. It doesn't allow us to listen to that source, to distinguish that brainchild's voice, distinguish that inspiration. Um, and we, uh, so we have to keep doing it, doing it, doing it until, you know, it jumps out as, as, at us and inst until the clarity is way more tangible. A film is never cut perfectly, but at a certain point you let go and call it done. It is a normal part of creativity, letting go. We always do the best that we can do by the light we have to see by. Next section is called risk. Question, what would I do if I didn't have to do it perfectly? Answer, a great deal more than I am. Most of us are practiced as talking ourselves, at talking ourselves out of risk. We're skilled speculators on the prob probable pain of self-exposure, right? It's going to be so painful if I expose myself. Probably. <laughs> I'll look like an idiot, we say, conjuring images of our first acting class, our first hobbled short story, short story, our terrible drawings. Part of the game here is lining up the masters and measuring our baby steps against their perfect craft. We don't compare our student films to George Lucas's student films. Instead, we compare them to Star Wars. We deny that in order to do something well, we must first be willing to do it badly. Instead, we opt for setting our limits at the point where we feel assured of success. But yes, we do feel safe. And safety is a very expensive illusion in the world of art. Usually when we say we can't do something, what we mean is that we won't do something unless we can guarantee that we'll do it perfectly. We unrealistically expect and demand success from ourselves and recognition of that success from others. With that, as an unspoken demand, a great many things remain outside our sphere of possibility. Agnes Demille says, Living is a form of not being sure, not knowing what next or how. The moment you know how, you begin to die a little. 
The artist never entirely knows. We guess. We may be wrong, but we take leap after leap in the dark. And that's art. That's what art is. Because it's, there is a revelation, usually. Suzanne Jeffers says, We cannot escape fear. We can only transform it into a com companion that accompanies us on all our exciting adventures. Take a risk a day, one small or bold stroke that will make you feel great once you've done it. Right? To put it differently, very often a risk is worth taking simply for the sake of taking it. There's something enlivening about expanding our self-definition. And a risk does exactly that. Selecting a challenge and meeting it creates a sense of self-worth and self-empowerment, actually. So selecting a challenge and meeting it creates a sense of self-empowerment that becomes the ground for further successful challenges. Complete the following sentence. If I didn't have to do it perfectly, I would try... And she has all these examples herself. Stand-up comedy, modern dancing, figure drawing, learning German, puppeteering, trapeze, polo, wearing red lipstick, learning to shoot a video, writing short stories, and so on. Vasily Kandinsky says, There is no must in art because art is free. Les Brown says, Shoot for the moon, even if you miss it, you will land among the stars. Next block, I guess, perhaps, or lie or illusion within our path, she suggests, is jealousy. She says, jealousy is a map. Each of our jealousy maps differs. Each of us will probably be surprised by some of the things we discover on our own. I, for example, have never been eaten alive by resentment over the success of women novelists. But I took an unhealthy interest in the fortunes and misfortunes of women playwrights. I was their harshest critique until I wrote my first play. With that action, my jealousy vanished, replaced by a feeling of camaraderie. Dairy. My jealousy had Marjorie. I can't say it. Why can't I say it right? I don't know. <laughs> my jealousy had actually been a mask for my fear of doing something I really wanted to do, but was not yet brave enough to take action toward. Jealousy is always a mask for fear. Fear that we aren't able to get what we want. Frustration that somebody else seems to be getting what, what is rightfully ours, even if we're too frightened to reach for it. At its root, jealousy is a stingy emotion. It doesn't allow for the abundance and multiplicity of the universe. Jealousy tells us there is room for only one. The truth, revealed by action in the direction of our dreams, is that is there is room for all of us. The biggest lie that jealousy tells us is that we have no choice but to be jealous. Perversely, jealousy strips us of our will to act when action holds the key to our freedom. 
Keshavanayar says, with courage you will dare to take risks, have the strength to be compassionate, and the wisdom to be humble. Courage is the foundation of integrity. We have two exercises coming up and then we'll have the tasks. The jealousy map and exercise. Your jealousy map will have three columns. In the first column, name those whom you are jealous of. Next to each name, write why. Be as specific and accurate as you can. In the third column, list one action you can take to move toward creative risk and out of jealousy. For example, she says, who? My sister Libby. Why? She has a real art studio. Action or antidote. Fix spare room. And she has a couple other examples. Next, there is another exercise. Archaeology, she calls it. She says, very often we have buried buried part of ourselves that can be uncovered by some digging not only will your ancestors tell you what you missed in the past they will tell you what you can be doing now to come forward and encourage your artist child it is not too late no matter what your ego tells you complete these phrases as a kid i missed the chance to as a kid I lacked. As a kid, I could have used. As a kid, I dreamed of being. As a kid, I wanted a. In my house, we never had enough. As a kid, I needed more. I'm sorry that I will never again see. For years, I have missed and wondered about. I beat myself up about the loss of. It is important to acknowledge our positive inventory as well as our shortfalls. Take positive stock of what good you have to build on, to build on in the present. Finish these phrases. I have a loyal friend in. One thing I like about my town is. I think I have a nice. Writing my morning pages has shown me I can. I'm taking a greater interest in. I believe I am getting better at. My artist has started to pay more attention to. My self-care is. I feel more. Possibly my creativity is. We have a quote from Claudia Black. She says, trust in yourself. Your perceptions are often far more accurate than you are willing to believe. I have this experience a lot. Like, there's so much I, for over the years I, that I have not expressed throughout. And I'm sure there's so many people who are still, like, they have all these layers to go through, right? And um, 
you know, I'm just learning and learning to just express those perceptions more and more. So here we come to the tasks at the end of the chapter. Number one, make this phrase a mantra. Treating myself like a precious object will make me strong. Watercolor or crayon or calligraph this phrase. Post it where you will see it daily. We tend to think being hard on ourselves will make us strong, but it is cherishing ourselves that gives us strength. Number two, give yourself time out to listen to one side of an album. Just for joy. You may want to doodle as you listen, allowing yourself to draw the shapes, emotions, thoughts you hear in the music. Notice how just 20 minutes can refresh you. Learn to take these mini artist states to break stress and allow insight. That's a cool practice, isn't it? <clears throat> Number three, take yourself into a sacred space. A church, synagogue, library, grove of trees, and allow yourself to savor the silence and healing solitude. Each of us has a personal idea of what sacred space is. For me, a large clock store or a great aquarium store can engender a sense of timeless wonder. Experiment. Create one wonderful smell in your house. Write soup, incense, fair branches, candles, whatever. I'm sorry, with, not right, with. Wear your favorite item of clothing for no special occasion. Buy yourself one wonderful pair of socks, one wonderful pair of gloves, one wonderfully comforting, self-loving something. Collage. Collage. Collect a, stack, collect a stack of at least 10 magazines, which you will allow yourself to freely dismember. Setting a 20-minute time limit for yourself, tear literally through the magazines, collecting any images that reflect your life or interests. Think of this collage as a form of pictorial autobiography. Include your past, present, and future, and your dreams. It is okay to include images you simply like. Keep pulling until you have a good stack of images, at least 20. Now take a sheet of newspaper, a stapler, or some tape or glue, and arrange your images in a way that pleases you. This is one of my students' favorite exercises. I remember I took a communication class in community college in San Diego and this was a task. And I loved that so much. I stayed up all night and finished it. And uh, I remember that day very well. Everybody put all their collages on the wall. And not to toot my own horn, but mine was definitely a lot better than everybody else. And I'm not exactly sure why, but it was just, I think because I had fun, I enjoyed doing it. It was really fun. Number eight, quickly list five favorite films. Do you see any common dominators among them? Are they romances, adventures, period pieces, political dramas, family epics, thrillers? Do you see traces of your cinematic themes in your collage? 
Number nine, name your favorite topics to read about comparative religion, movies, ESP, phys physics, physics, rags to riches, betrayal, love triangles, scientific breakthroughs, sports. Are these topics in your collage? Number 10, give your collage a place of honor. Even a secret place of honor is all right in your closet in a drawer, anywhere that is yours. You may want to do a new one every few months or collage more thoroughly a dream you are trying to accomplish. We finish with a couple of quotes at the end of the chapter she's written for us. One is by Fernando Botero that says, when you start a painting, it is somewhat outside you. At the conclusion, you seem to move inside the painting. I think he's the Colombian painter, right? Beautiful, I love this. And C.G. Young says, when an inner situation is not made conscious, it appears outside as fate. Very, 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 very important quote on so many levels, I love it. Darlings, I hope you enjoy this week and that I honestly feel the energy of anybody who's connecting right now as I'm speaking. It could be different timelines. You might be listening way later. But I feel that excitement brewing, that butterflies, that um, juices of creativity kind of bubbling up. And uh, I hope you can feel them too and see them too. It is such an honor to be the vessel for this and do the practices and um participate in this i really personally needed it um i hope you're making the best out of it as well until next time sending you love namaste